is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Nick Walker, and we cover it all, from how it's not that deep to the story cycle and many common pieces of incorrect advice. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Nick Walker. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Nick Walker. Nick, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me today. I'm I'm excited to talk about Hamilton, your foray into musical theater, how uh, Motown came to be for you. And I also want to touch on writing and so much more. But before we get to any of that, what were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh, my goodness. That's such a good question. You know, I think um, it's so funny because stories were always a big part of my life, right? Like I always wanted to be a storyteller. I think that was the very basic, like that was like the baseline. That was like the, 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 the if as long as I was telling a good story, I, I, I was going to be happy. Sure. And that, that was something that was something that was consistent throughout my childhood. Um, but in terms of like the entertainment industry, right? Like there were, it's this weird thing because I enjoy watching these things as much as I enjoy making them. Mm. And so I think, I think that, you know, what I wanted was just very generally to be a part of the thing. I don't think there was any, any time at which, you know, at least in my childhood where I was like, Oh, I need to get this award or I need to do this thing or, you know, um, later in my teen years, then it became about, I think there was a lot of affirmation, that I got from performing and from acting and from, you know, uh, entertainment that, you know, I think it, I, people talk about the bug that bites you. And I'm, I'm partially convinced that for a lot of people, it's not a bug. It's just like, Oh, you can, you can get approval for this. <laughs> and for those of us who, for those of us who grew up with, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, not the, the most, uh, you know, together self-esteem, uh, you know, in in social situations at least this this easily becomes a place where like you know you step out onto the stage and there's applause you know if you do it in a certain way and there's things that like you know you like the love that you can't necessarily give to yourself Mm. not to get too deep uh you know within five minutes of being on your pod but the love that you can't necessarily give to yourself you can get from this thing and so i think that that was kind of the dark the dark entity that that you know kind of colored my want to be in this industry and to rise in this industry um but now you know i think that looking at it now it's something that like i truly i true i do i do love this industry um i love i love telling stories i'm kind of full circle and finding my way back to just that pure love of the thing and and really trying to block out the achievement of the thing right what it what it means to to rise and rise because that there's so much jealousy that that arises from that and envy and we could like you know um i'm at a place in my career where where i've i've done a a great many things and really cool things but like there was always somebody who's done more than me and Mm. that part of my brain will always be fired up if i if i if i give it that space to do so so I think that for me, you know, what I now want in this industry is to just appreciate this industry. Um, and that's a want. That's not a that's not a, a right. something that I'm able to achieve every day. Sure. But it, but that that is the want is to to just 
be a part of it and love it for what it is and not ask anything of it that I, that I, that is unfair to ask of it, Mm. you know, not set those expectations too high. Of course, of course. Is there a self-talk that you have or use when those, I guess, you know, less than positive thoughts come up into the mind? Oh yeah. I mean, I will tell you straight up, uh, you know, and I talk about this on my social media a bunch, but medication has been huge with that. And not that, not that that solves the issue anyway. Right. But, but medication at least gives you a moment to breathe and contextualize. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, uh, for, for for those those listeners who might not know, I, I, I live with uh, ADHD and anxiety, right? Like many people do. Right. And that's kind of the, one of the, you know, one of the biggest symptoms of both those things is just the idea that like things are moving and you have to be, you're, it's, it's very hard for me to stay in this moment. I have to constantly be thinking of the next moment. Um, but, you know, I think that taking that moment to breathe is something it's not even a motto necessarily right but it's something that helps like one thing if you ever watch michelle obama in interviews uh a friend pointed this out to me a couple of days ago that if you watch her before she responds to a question she always breathes she always and then she speaks right yeah. and that breath is so important not even as an aesthetic thing but just to absorb what was just said to you and to give yourself the space to think about how you want to interact with it. So like sure. the feelings, you know, yeah, like, right. Like the feelings of not enoughness, mm. I don't, those won't go away. Right. You know, that's, that's part and parcel of being human. But I think that what I can try to do mm. is, is give myself that breath to contextualize and be like, cool, that's a thing that mm. exists within you. It's not all of you. It's not everything you have to offer, but it's part of it. Yeah. And can you breathe out and let that ride? And, you know, people say support your, you know, just, just can, can you just support your friends? And sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes it's not easy to, you know, I, sometimes the voices do crowd out the, the, the just like blatant undying support for an achievement that your friend is achieving that you're not achieving. Mm. Right. That's, that's the kind of the competition that we're talking about. But you, but it is, it's, it might not be something that is innate, but it is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It is, and it, it, and it is, and it is the balanced thing to do, I think, to realize that like, you know, there is truly room for everybody. And it's not about who is doing something ahead of you or who has more followers than you or any of these things it, it, you know, can you, can you just take those moments in, in those moments when the feelings come up to just remind yourself, like, cool, I'm feeling this thing, but how do I want to respond? You know, I don't, I don't have to act on it. And I think, yeah. I think that's where I, where, where I go, you know, so I wish I could put that all on a, on a motto or t-shirt, <laughs> but that would be like 5 million t-shirts. Uh, so yeah. Do you meditate? Yes. Um, I started using the Headspace app, which is yeah. amazing. I, I'm not sponsored by Headspace in any way, but uh, <laughs> they are there. It's incredible. Yeah. Every, every, uh, I, I've been using it every morning and journal. I had a teacher, I had an acting teacher, man, who, oh my God, he, um, he, he just passed recently, but he used to ask us every class, what is one thing that you saw and what is one thing that you learned? And that's my, that's what my journaling has become is those two questions. One thing I saw, one thing I learned. It's just anything to like, I think, I think that 
you know, at least for me, the, the, the downside of this industry is that it's so focused on self. Mm-hmm. You can spend so much time and I already do spend so much time in my own head. So like anything to just reconnect you, I'm, I'm really trying to find those things where I, those moments where I can zoom out and not be up here, not be in my head, be, be with the people. Um, because like when I'm acting, that's where I am. Like, it's not, it's, it's so, it is this wonderful, um, tennis match, uh, this collaborative effort and you, and you are present and, and it is jazz and you're throwing things back and forth. And I just wish, and that's kind of my biggest struggle and want right now is to bring that kind of presence into my life. Yeah. Right. You know, so I can have a balanced work life, you know? Yeah, it's that's a I mean it's going to be another question, might as well move to it now on work life balance. How are you how are you keeping yourself centered I guess besides meditation? What is that on off switch for you or, or dimmer switch or whatever? <laughs> Bro, if you find it, please let me know. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, you know, you know, I think that it's I think that it's understanding Ooh, it's it's really I think what it's gonna be is just making use of the moments. I I had this you know, so right now right I just I, I uh, ain't too proud closed. I went over to Hamilton, and Hamilton Broadway like doing Hamilton on tour is is an amazing experience. And and you are you know Tommy Kale is our director call you know he'll, he'll call you the ambassadors of the show. So you bring the show to places that that wouldn't get to see the show otherwise. And yeah. and it's so special, and I, I I loved it because you know you get to see so many cities and towns open up their doors to you, and I got to see the best of everyone's city, and that that's something that always sticks with me. But doing it in New York, I wasn't prepared for exactly what that means to the company, what that means to our Broadway community. Yeah. Um. Right. Like there there's a lot of eyes on it, and it and it really does it's like this, it's just a very different vibe. And I think it's so easy. This is like the perfect trap for my brain to get stuck in. Um, right. I'm still here. Uh, wow, my phone is like falling to get stuck in uh, these moments of, of like, it's all about you because you, you come to work and Kimmy, the dresser at Hamilton, the Burr, what George Washington dresser, who's like an amazing dresser. Um, she has, she is like taking care of your every need, right? You, if you need, if like, do you have enough snacks? Uh, she's helping me design my dressing room, like, you know, make the best use of the space, right? Like, um, you know, she, she has your socks ready, your, all these things, right? So like, it's all very catered to you. And then you, you, but you also have to step outside of that very, you know, wonderful pampered life <laughs> and go home, and realize that like you do have responsibilities and and you, you know <laughs> you you as much as you are the special child of your own mind right? like you have you have uh you have people and you have a community yeah and especially when you are living with you know mental states that ask you to continue to come back to yourself and yourself and yourself and yourself that's so easy to forget so like the 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 on off switch of it all I think has to be for me, it's not even an on off switch as much as it is a double consciousness, right? A, a just, I can't let myself believe the hype. 
I think is what I'm trying to say. Sure. I can't, how much do I allow myself to buy into the, oh yeah, but you're Burr on Broadway. Right. Yeah, I'm Burr on Broadway right now. But in like a year or two, you know, if I, you know, whatever, I, I could be right back out on my ass. So like, it doesn't really, this is a, a beautiful moment. And I think that the nice thing about that, about always kind of keeping a weather eye on the whole thing, yeah. as opposed to just getting sucked up in the one thing, is that it allows you to enjoy the one thing that much more, hmm. right? If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm pulling out and aware of like, this is not, again, this is not who I am. This is just a special moment. Then I am encouraged to enjoy that moment because the moment will not last, hmm. right? The moment is, is literally just a moment. It's, it's not something that, that is going to be with me forever as much as it might sometimes feel like it. Hmm. You know, you get so used to that. You get so used to people being around and, and the show that you're doing, especially with a long running show like Hamilton, which like, you know, again, if you're thank if you are lucky enough to be able to get into a groove with the show like Hamilton, there's no, there's no better high. Like yeah. it really, it's insane just because you a conquered a show that is so hard. Lynn did not write an easy show. He wrote an incredibly difficult show and it's not right. Ain't too proud was about the physical, right? It's it, that was a physically draining show. Mm. Um, Hamilton is mental. The, 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 the amount of energy that it takes your brain to process those words quickly and nuanced every night, mm. right? Like it just, you walk away and like my brain is dead. Like I, and I, it's, it's a feeling I haven't had in any other play or musical or anything I've done where you walk away at night and you're like, Oh, my brain's actually dead. Like I can't, there's no, I can't do anything after the show. Um, but to enjoy that moment as this moment, right, where you are in the thing, you are lucky enough to be doing the thing, and tomorrow is not promised, that I think will continue to make that moment that much more special and continue to make the transition off the stage that much easier, mm. if that makes any sense, and it's not too heady and crazy. Yeah, if your brain's you know? tired after the show, does that help you fall asleep pretty quickly or no? Are you it's still a, a whole wind down? Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, no, it definitely helps you fall asleep. But I'd say the thing is, like, there's still, like, you know, I want to put on, I want to, you know, wash my face and brush my teeth and, like, yeah. feed my cat. And, like, yeah. yeah, right. Like, again, those are the things that, like, you have to really focus on because you're like, oh, no, I just want to go to bed. Right. right. But it's like, nope, no, please do those things. The other thing that sucks, I will say, and that sucks. I hate that. I hate when, when you know, when, when people, when actors, like, you know, try to, you know, again, what we do is hard, but it's also so wonderful. Yeah. Both things are true. But anybody who's going to be like, oh, I have this, you know, it's just this hard job, right? You know, I, I beat myself up and it's like, well, why? Why are you? It's it's wonderful we get to do. Yeah. So that's a quick side tangent. But, you know, I, I'd say the biggest thing that I'm trying to work on right now is not eating. Um, I'm trying to eat enough during the day yeah. so that I'm not just stuffing my face at night because what will happen is I'll come home. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be like, oh, why don't I have some pancakes? Or why don't I have, you know, why don't I have Captain Crunch or something, right. you know, some horrible stuff to eat when in fact I should just be eating if I'm going to eat like an orange or some grapes sure. or something of that nature. Uh, so we're working on it. Okay. Is, we're working on it. Is there a particular role that has taught you a significant amount about yourself? Aaron Burr, easily. 
Aaron, Aaron Burr is the closest. I mean, it's, it's crazy uh, because very much like Lynn, I sometimes wonder if this will be on my tombstone and I hope not. I hope that I do other things that, you know, where people are like, oh, it's not, you know, Hamilton actor, Nick Walker. I, 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 Hamilton is a massive part of my life, but it's not my whole life. Right. But Aaron Burr, Aaron Burr is literally the personification of everything that I, like all the little dark demons that I talked about, he, yeah. he is them. He is them. I get to, I literally just get to exercise those demons every night. I get paid to exercise the demons every night. So he's taught me the value of self-reflection, but also the dangers of self-absorption. I think, I think that's, you know, perception. I, I'm, first of all, I just want to apologize because I'm coming in hot today. I don't know what the hell I took or drank this morning, but I'm just giving you like all this deep bull, bull crap. So I'm so sorry for my word vomits to you. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that occurs to me about Aaron Burr, I was talking about perception, right? Aaron Burr's whole journey in the show is because of perceived slights. Mm. Nothing that is actually done to him is done personally, right? If you track, like for me as the actor tracking what pisses Burr off to get to a point where he shoots Hamilton, right? Um, in the beginning of the story, he is print, he is the status quo, right? Aaron Burr is that guy. He is the, the prodigy of Princeton right? He is, he is, he is New York. Like there's, there's a, he is so much more comfortable on the streets with the intellectuals than he is in Francis Tavern with the boys, right? Like he, his brain is just clicking at a, at a, at a higher pace, you would say than everyone else. Yeah. Right. Hamilton doesn't do anything to him personally. The only thing, even, even the election of 1800 and in, in the context of our story is not personal, right? In the context of our of Hamilton, the, the play is about you don't stand for anything. Mm. So why would I throw my support behind you? But even tracking back to the beginning of the show, the first light that Hamilton does to him is that he is able to corral Mulligan and Lafayette and Lawrence in a way that Burr has never been, right? Like, mm. like you get the sense that in that tavern, they've constantly invited Burr to join in their games and Burr has always kind of played it cool and like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Thank you. Hamilton comes in and breaks every rule within five minutes of him being in there. He's talking loudly. He is, he is, and he's, and he's charming them. He's, he's almost seducing these guys yeah. to his oh, yeah. cause. Right. Oh yeah. And that's something that Burr and, and Hamilton and Burr share the same ideals, but, Burr, but Burr's never been able to do that. Right. Then we go to Skylar sisters, right. Where Hamilton is able to marry a Skylar sister, Right. Yeah. Like, like, which is, which is like the, the most incredible thing that you could do marriage wise. These are, these women are, you know, like these smart, amazing people and they're well-connected. They're rich as hell. Mm. So like in terms of status, right. Aesthetic and status, that's something that Hamilton takes. And it's again, not a personal thing. Hamilton is in love with Eliza, but he does it. And Burke perceives it as slight. He also gets the office that Washington, right. He gets the, 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 you know, the office that Burr was after. Mm what you know in, in again in the context of our story burke comes in wanting to be the guy who sits and takes the notes for washington mm. right he's not trying to be he's trying to be you know his his right hand man mm. hamilton does not want to be the right hand man and yet gets the right hand man mm. right he he get he gets that he gets requested to be so already within the first 30 minutes of this play there have been three major events that have 
hurt Burr's ascent in his own mind. Mm. And, and these slights continue on and on. Once the war is over, he, you know, he becomes a lawyer, but Hamilton, you know, Hamilton's really the lawyer Burr's work next door, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Like there's just all these moments that are just like compounding, but they're not personal anywhere except for Burr's mind. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, I, you know, in marriage, I think that, you know, um, I'm, I've been married for five, almost six years now. We've been together for 11 years. And that's something that I've definitely had to work on because I, I, because I have such a competitive edge in me, right. The idea that I can't trust that somebody is giving me a, a note or a, a critique and not doing it to hurt me, doing it because something needs to be done. Hmm. Right. If my wife, you know, is giving me a, like a thought about like, Hey, you know, can you please put the laundry back this way? Hmm. Right. That's not a personal attack. That's just like, Hey, can you share the space a little better? Hmm. Right. Can you, can you be a better roommate? Hmm. But there was a, there was a time not so long ago when those were personal attacks. Those were like, why are you telling me that I'm not doing that right? Why am I not doing that good enough? And that's Burr. That is 100% a Burr, right? Like the idea that anything you say is taken so viscerally. So I think that the biggest thing that Burr has taught me is that just reminder of like, hey, it's actually not that deep 90% of the time. Not that deep. And when it is that deep, you'll know. You know, um, remembering that because my, and, I, and so much of that comes from, again, how much are you, how much love are you giving yourself? How much patience are you giving yourself? Because uh, if you're not giving yourself enough love and patience, then those moments ring so loud, so loud in your ears. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.